for reasons I haven't figured out yet, one of our most popular podcast episodes was Christian Antoine, who's with me today, talking about mindset and mechanics. Say a few words, Christian. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I was going to do the a few words. Yeah, that is uh, scratching the head on that one of people getting back to us to saying that they liked us just sitting there talking about that. Well, I think because when people come to a certified Scrum Master class or any kind of Scrum 101, they're coming from something prescriptive like project management or waterfall or rational unified process, which is all mechanics. And Scrum, inspired from Toyota, TPS, they're very passionate about the mechanics are great, but if you don't have the mindset behind them, they are rarely effective. So you need to have both. And so part two, I guess, of our conversation here today is what we're noticing in our classes with our clients, the lengths people are going to, to latch on to mechanics at the expense of the mindset. But why is that important? because they don't achieve the very outcomes and the goals that they say that they want to. And they don't even realize it. Yeah, and it's not from a malice perspective. No. They're, they're <clears throat> just wanting to, what do I do? Show me what to do. Well, uh, you know what they say, Christian. What, <laughs> what's that? The road to hell is, is paved with good, good intentions. Good intentions, yes. <laughs> and so it's, it's people really wanting to do the right thing. They want to help. They want to figure it out. And uh, we were taught that way. Here's how you do something. And you were graded on it, and you were judged on it. And I'm going to teach you this. I'm going to grade you on how well you do it, exactly how I taught you to do it. Now we're entering this thing to say, you know, what is your context? What's your constraints? What's working for you? And that involves conversation because what might be working for me, and I think everything's working great where I'm at, that just might be me at night. Not even thinking of customer, not even thinking of, of other people that I work with. And I'm not saying people don't, but... That's the conversation that you want to have. Is it well, working? Working for who? What well, and even mean? if it's not Scrum. Exactly. Because <clears throat> people are saying Agile. Well, they mean the Agile Manifesto, generally. When people say capital A, Agile, I mean, if they're just talking about lowercase letter A, Agile, nimble, pivot, whatever. But if they're talking about Agile, that mindset is described in the Agile Manifesto. There's four values. There's 12 principles. So just take the first one. Individuals and interactions over processes and tools. Individuals and interactions over processes and tools. Hey, we want you to talk to each other. And I'm just noticing <sighs> that people are putting in all these mechanics unnecessarily to avoid talking to each other. Whether they realize it or not. Yeah. They don't even realize it. Exactly. <clears throat> so all I have to say is, what's the first value of the Agile Manifesto? And then they stare at me like a deer in headlights. For example... People were talking about um, all these dysfunctions they're having at their company, <clears throat> and it nowhere in the words that were coming out of their mouth to describe the dysfunction did they say anything resembling Agile or Scrum, even though they claimed they were using Scrum. So they're talking about getting to the end of the sprint, finding out that there's no work done. Well, what's happening at your daily Scrum yeah. and talking about your sprinkle? What do you mean sprinkle? Yeah, it's well, just a time for me to make sure I run down the checklist to show you that I'm, I'm active. I'm doing something. Which it's not. 
the whole point of the daily scrum is are we on track for the sprinkle? And then they'll say, what do you mean sprinkle? It's the output of sprint planning. Yep. You don't leave yeah. sprint planning without a sprint goal and the sprint backlog. So these are mechanics, but they're skipping all this, right? Because then they'll say, well, we don't have a sprint backlog. What do you mean? And then they start talking about things like subtasks and just a backlog, not a product backlog versus a sprint backlog. And I'll say, let me guess, you must use JIRA. They're like, how could you possibly know Jira that? JIRA doesn't allow us to do a sprint backlog. It's like, <laughs> that's a tool. Tool. Yep. Individuals and interactions over processes and tools. Now, tools companies want to make money, and, and nobody's saying that's bad, nobody's saying that's good. But a fool with a tool is still a fool. So it's configurable, but they didn't do that. They just out of the box, took the template, right. and blindly followed the mechanics it was trotting out. Nothing against tools. It's just let's understand what we're trying to do. And I, I heard you say this today, which I think we should make sure to talk to it is – you know, we, we typically ask the question, what problem are you trying to solve? But then you said it a different. Can you share with what you said today? And this is my new thing for 2021 because people give me all these yabbits. Yabbit, yeah, definition of ready is a good idea. Yabbit, yeah, user stories are a good idea. My new thing is, what problem are you creating? Yeah, not one are you trying to solve. What problem are you, are you creating? What is doing it this way? What's the result? What are we causing? And is, and is it in line with what we want or not? And that's the tool thing, right? You know, how many times have we gone in and we've seen people actually do things that are anti-patterns to Scrum and Agile, to your point, and they say, because we couldn't figure out how to get the tool to do that for us. <laughs> do you have the right tool then? Well, did you talk yeah. to each other? Exactly. So, so you and I were talking earlier about um, product backlog refinement. The whole point behind product backlog refinement is... Discussion. Talking to each other. And the the things that naive scrum masters, coaches, trainers, whatever you want to call the people who are helping you uh, do that set people up for failure just boggle my mind a little bit. So you and I were talking about how we were excited that the new scrum guide uses the word sizes and not estimating. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because we're not estimating, we're sizing. We're it's, sizing. It's relative sizing. Right. So how many... Scrum coaches, trainers, scrum masters, whatever, will say things like, we'll just mathematically average it and move on. Yeah, they put a formula on it. They have a, a here's how you do it. Well, when you do that, you're skipping the discussion. The discussion, which, oh, by the way, is the whole point. Exactly. You know, I asked this in my classes, have you ever, like, had the... Have you ever had somebody walk behind you while maybe you did something and you did it really fast and they stopped and they said, what did you just do? Do that again. And you do it. And then you look at them and they're like, what? Have you always done it this way? Yeah, didn't you? No, we've been doing it this really hard way. Why, why wouldn't you share that trick with us? Why didn't you ask? <laughs> and how many, of those, right? how many of those do you think live inside your company walls, and if hopefully the universe is kind, you run across them. But if not, that's where something like sizing work comes out. Or even in, in uh, sprint planning, somebody might be tasking something out with multiple tasks and somebody else stops them and says, no, that's how we used to do that. There's only five steps you have to do now. And somebody was not aware of that. And so it's the discussion. The mechanics are supposed to help us get to the discussion, not replace them. Right, and so if you get 
the mindset going so people understand the the why behind refinement. This is where we talk to each other. So we talk to each other until we achieve a shared understanding. Well, somebody introduced definition of ready. Doesn't exist in Scrum, not even in the new Scrum guide. And I run into people who uh, mechanically think it should just be used because it's something they read on the internet. And it's like, why are you using definition of ready? Because our scrum coach told us to, our agile coach told us to. What problem are you trying to solve by using definition of ready? Well, it helps the, the development team push back on the product owner when they don't come ready. Okay, so look at the problems you're creating. Yep. You're avoiding the whole point, which is product owner and development team just talking Talk. to each yep. other. And then you've got unmotivated development team members who are really throwing tantrums because they're used to being spoon-fed. Something, how they want it, yep. Documents, as opposed to understanding that they're supposed to be empowered and creative and solve the how. So we're actually enabling the behavior we say we don't want because somebody blindly, thoughtless, thoughtlessly, not without, ma- you know, and we're not saying with, that they have bad intentions. I'm saying it's just without thought, thoughtlessly, thinks that they should be following these mechanics and they don't understand the why and they don't think it through. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with product owner and dev team figuring out, I know at at least a minimum, having worked with this team, that, that they're going to want these seven things <coughs> clarified before they pull it into a sprint. That's fine, but that's not something that can apply to every single team. It's a discussion to figure out what works for this group. And hopefully it's not getting into the how, hopefully it's just clarifying and here's why, here's what, they figure out the how. I don't know what else you got. <laughs> I was going to ask as you were going down the line of, you know, where people might be, uh, or they are with these things getting out of, of uh, the discussion. And is it because of the current state of things and how people can't handle discussions? They don't want to talk to people for fear of conflict or for fear of, I don't know. I was going to ask you if you think what your thoughts on that were. Why do you think people, either knowingly or unknowingly, try to avoid talking to each other inside the walls of where they work? I think it's habit. I mean, the um, the book I refer to a lot you know, with students and um, people we're mentoring is Adrenaline Junkies and Template Zombies. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but I had gotten introduced to it from listening. I don't read so many That's books. That's right. You don't I read. just listen to them. But no, I've heard that one. <clears throat> uh, I found out about it from Ken Schwaber, one of the co-creators of Scrum. So if you give that a Google, uh, Adrenaline Junkies and Template Zombies, its subtitle is something like Patterns of Project Behavior. So the collection of authors that published that in the 90s were noticing what project management mechanics were doing to people's behavior. So what I find so fascinating about that is nobody's saying project management is bad. It's not good either. It's just that in project management, what they created were templates and it was like hey we seem to keep talking about the same things over and over again but we don't want to forget so let's make this little checklist let's make this little cheat sheet so we have a template great but somewhere somewhere along the line people forgot hey this is our cheat sheet so if things on it don't apply it became law yeah yeah it's like it the stuff on here doesn't apply to what we're doing. We can skip it. Nope, nope. Somewhere along the line, it became, you have to fill in every field, just use the template, and they skipped the conversation. Yep. Hence, template zombie. Well, the user story is doing the exact same thing. Yeah, got it in that form. Otherwise, it's not, and it 
it's not a requirement if it's not in that form. We've seen that. I'm seeing less of it, though, since I started, you know, how many years ago with that. But you still get people that, you know, they don't know that a user story is intended to talk about the human user. So is there a technical user story? No. no. We have them. Okay. But the intent is, is it's supposed to tie back to the human. And if it creates a technical requirement, then it's a dependency. That's fine. But, but you get all these people on these you know, scrum teams who haven't been trained, their scrum master maybe has been trained or their product owner maybe has been trained, but okay, let's save the fact that the scrum master's job is to train the team for a different conversation or rant someday. But you get these development team members who say, well, I hate scrum. Well, why do you hate scrum? Well, because I have to use user stories. No, you don't. User stories have nothing yeah. to do with scrum. Nowhere are they prescribed. <clears throat> you get to talk. You get to put it in plain words that make sense to y'all, all y'all, plural. And here's another question I asked. Do your customers care if what you buy or what they buy from you or what you build? Do they care if you used project management or Scrum to build it? Nope. So what are we getting a big old bind for? We just want to make sure people understand the intent. I don't care what you do. I really don't. So long as you're... You care. Come on now. So you long care. as you're not... Causing <laughs> illegal problems and you're compliant, but really it, it, it comes down to that. If we are building stuff that our customers are happy to give us their money for, that's what you're after. And we get so we get so pedantic and we get so uh, locked into right and wrong way of doing things, and it and it hurts us. Well, and it has nothing to do with right and wrong, and that's no. that's what I think people are wrestling with when they're new to this because. If they've been working for 5, 10, 15 years with something like project management or rational unified process, which is secretly called SAFE now, but um, they think that, oh, you're just going to give me all the answers just like I'm used to. No, this stuff is going to give you a framework. It's going to give you guidelines. It's, it's going to make you think. It's going to make you think. It's going to make you talk to each other. That's part of the resistance, too, is that I have to think now, whereas before mm -hmm. I could just come in and whether I didn't like working like that. I didn't like that feeling to where you just came in and this is what you do and you you, you push the, the wheel, which turned another wheel, which created the, you know, just all that talk made me feel like it was very frustrating to go to work. But I wonder if some people just kind of take heart that that's nice. They can just come in and do and not have to think. Or it's the awakening that, you know, you need, you want to bring something to bear. I think people really do want to come to work and bring something bigger than themselves and contribute to something bigger than themselves and be able to make some change, which the intent of the retrospective is, you know, if you're staring down the rest of your career at a company knowing that we've tried to come up with ideas to make things better, we, we know, but we never allowed time to do that, that's deflating. But I think the retrospective, what you just mentioned, is also a mechanic that gets misused mm -hmm. because people think it's their scrum meeting. Scrum isn't something you do in addition to work. It's the way you now do work. Yep. So the intent of the retrospective is one, no more than two process improvements. The Scrum team is immediately going to try. So it's rules of good troubleshooting. We don't change 10 things. We don't change 100 things. We change one thing so that we can see what effect it had. And it's not about Scrum. Scrum's a framework. Process is the process the development team goes through to build the product. Well, that's different. So let's use us as an example. Let's say we're a Scrum team. We're using Scrum. We've got a new class to put out, right? We've got our certified Scrum 
product or certified scrum professional product owner to put out. And we have a sprint and we've got a backlog and we've got a sprint backlog. The process this team physically goes through to create a training class, totally different than the process my friends out at Novatech Engineering go through to build a robotic device. Right. But wait a minute, you're both using Scrum. How can your processes be different? Process isn't Scrum. Scrum's the framework. So the Scrum team owns their own process. So when a company tries to dictate process and tools at the expense of individuals and interactions, they don't even realize that they're putting the mechanics before the mindset and it leads to poor outcomes and missed goals and objectives, which is the irony. Because the whole point is that they say they want to yep. you know, meet their goals <clears throat> and objectives. You'll see that where, uh, well, we saw it at a client, that a certain area of the client started to use this and was having success. And as they had success, another area wanted to uh, take up the reins. And they went out and got a tool. And then they went around, and it was the way they communicated it that it just causes problems because the way it came off was is they went to the existing teams that had been using Scrum that did not have a tool, and they were saying, hey, if you want to be a Scrum team here now, you have to use this tool, which, of course, ignites them to say, what are you talking about? We've done this for the last year or so without a tool. Mm -hmm. Why are you telling me I have to use this tool? Which gets back to what we always used to ask is what problem you're trying to solve. It would have been better if they said, hey – you know, we, we are now the ones that are going to be taking the reins and leading the agile movement here, and we want to track. We want to track certain metrics from each team to help us see, you know, the value of, of rolling out more of this type of way of doing work. And we want to track these things. These, I'm going to throw it out, five things that we want to get from each team every sprint. We need these from you every sprint, these five things. How you get them to us, we don't care. But, oh, by the way, we've also bought a tool that a lot of the teams are using to get us that, but it's your choice. That is what you would hope for from leaders and anybody doing that versus you need to use this tool in order to do this here, even though you've been doing it here. Well, and it gets back to what problem are you creating? Mm -hmm. And honestly, if you get right down to it, <clears throat> the problems that a lot of these organizations think they're solving is consistency and metric tracking and whatever. The reality is they could have had that outcome with the tools they already owned, regardless of whether it's an Excel spreadsheet on a shared drive, a SharePoint yep. instance, Post-its, you know, whatever, but they spent a ton of money that they wouldn't have needed to spend. spend. Yep. And then when I point out where the source of the information is, and they're like, oh, no, no, but you see, because we bought this tool, we're then going to pay this implementer to build an API, to build us an interface from the old tool to the new tool. And it's like, do you guys just like lighting money on fire? Because yeah, make do. the check payable to A-N-G-E-L-A. We'll yes, Please. Johnson's an O-N. No, Antoine. Yeah. Antoine. No, 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 Johnson. That's, uh, yeah, because it's it's tangible. I have a tool, I have an API. It's busy work. Yeah. It's unnecessary busy work that has or nothing to do. we think busy equals value, or we think busy is productive. And yeah. That's not always the case. So all the, the damage that gets done by putting focus on the mechanics over the mindset is what our first podcast was about. And here we're getting a little more um, into the exact anti-patterns people will see or some of those mechanics. And you've mentioned that it's not based on malice. And I said, you know, hey, 
the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I can't say that when I was a new agile coach, and I'll call myself a naive agile coach, a naive scrum master, that I didn't do the same thing. Yeah. But what I tell people is, because I was a card-carrying project manager, I had a waterfall hangover. I had a really strong waterfall hangover, and I didn't even know. So if I had a DeLorean that could get to eight miles an hour, I would go back in time and kick my own ass on the first few scrum teams that I <laughs> helped, or yeah. quotes, helped. But I can't. But that's the, the nature of empiricism, of empirical learning. You learn by doing. You learn by experience. So I can't say that I would know what I know now without making all those mistakes. That's what helped me when I started working with you is because I, I came from a, it was, it was, there was no training. There was no coaching. It was just a decision that we had to get through a bunch of work that we knew we couldn't take the time it took before because we had a very short time frame to, to move or port everything over. And they knew, to their credit, the folks I was around knew that we couldn't continue working the way we did and get through everything we had built in the past and get that in time for this new platform. And someone had said, Scrum. Let's do that. No training, just went off. And then I start working with you. And as I learn more about the intent of these things, I would just get really mad at myself. But it took you to stop me to go, you didn't know. Right. It's okay. I don't judge you for that. And I Well, like secretly, to, I judge you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I would like to go back in the DeLorean, too, because I remember the first time I went, you know, I had gotten my feet wet, and I had really started to, to strike. This struck a chord with me. And uh, the consulting firm I was at at the time wanted me to go interview. Oh, God, if I could just erase, like, that hour of me talking there. Because it was all mechanics. <laughs> it was, you need this. You need to do that. And then as I look back, I'm going, you dumb idiot. I would have said something else, but this is a PG podcast. It is? I've sworn, like, five times. No, you didn't. Pretty sure. Okay. Pretty well, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll get that. We should have a counter. We should have a swear counter. No, we great. don't need a swear jar Ding. because I would just drop in a 50. Oh. And Can I get a laugh track it. on that, please? Swear We need a swear counter. <laughs> Thank you. That wasn't a We have track. new tools, folks. We have new <laughs> tools for 2021. We have to play with them sometime. But yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> there we go. I feel like I'm back on Friends. I was never on Friends. <laughs> but to back up in time, I would definitely erase that because it was. Like you said, you, you don't know what you don't know, so... And that's a lot of the stories I tell when I'm training is the things that came from the first time I did this because that's your greatest learning. You, you screwed up the most. You have well, so the when people have these aha moments, they're like, now what? I'm like, go back to your company and talk to each other. Well, I can't do that because they hired this agile coach that tells us what to do. And I'm like, do you want to be an agile coach? They're like, yeah. I'm like, go change your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> <laughs> what? Overnight. I'm like, seriously, go look at the LinkedIn profile of anybody calling themselves an Agile coach, and you see project manager, project manager, Agile coach. It's like, wow, when did you ever work a day right. on a scrum team or as a scrum master? When did you have those first attempts in learning? When did you make all those mistakes? Well, you didn't. So now you're out there calling yourself a coach because you think that it gives you some sort of uh, higher credibility, and you're dictatorially telling people these mechanics, and it's causing all kinds of problems. Exactly. But hey, you're an Agile coach. Welcome <laughs> to the club. Yeah, it's, it's being able to, to just, you know, when you go mechanics approach, it's, it's this, you know, you have to do it this way. 
But if you really take that mindset with it, it's like, we're going to try this. How long do we try this before we inspect and adapt? That's what I've learned, that if I could go back in time, it would be the time box to really emphasize or emphasis on the time box of adults freak out going through change. And if we bring something in, they think it's going to be like whatever they're doing at the first time forever. And if it's a bad experience, they hang on to that. That's why I hate Scrum, because they told me how to use user stories. And then you learn you don't have to. Oh, well, then I can't go back. Why? Because we've been doing it this way. No, it's we should be able to at any time going, hey, we have been doing it this way. Learned about something else. What else can we try? Well, that gets back into you saying we weren't told, uh, we weren't uh, given anything, you know, in terms of training. We were just told, go do this faster. Go yeah. agile, right? Yeah. Use that agile stuff. So human beings... We change. That's that's just the human condition. We don't like it. Well, we, <laughs> what Peter Singe says, Peter Singe, author of we Fifth Discipline, it. is not that people resist change. People resist change that's thrust upon mm-hmm. them. People resist change that they don't understand. Hey, we're going agile. Just start sprinting. Yep. That's what they're resisting because they don't understand the why. They don't understand the what. They don't understand the how. So it's up to the leaders who are choosing this to say, here's why we're doing this. Here's the problem we're trying to solve. Here's the problem we're trying to avoid. Here's how we're going to measure it. Oh, I get it now. Now I'm bought in, right? Yeah. I may not like it, but at least I understand why. And I can't think of another way to try and do this. So why wouldn't I give this a shot? Look at how much fun you guys make of me. When there's That's any change, I know I make it easy for you, but when I get a new phone <laughs> or I get a new vehicle, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to bitch about it for or, a while. Or you put any form or process in front of her. What is this? Why do they do it this way? I don't get it. This is stupid. I have we to don't ha- say stupid. I, I have to have a lot of questions answered so that I understand the yeah. change. Because yeah. then I'll be bought in, but... If, I, if I'm not told, you know, the why, the what, then it's just that overwhelming, overwhelmingness. So it's up to every individual, in my opinion, in this journey, uh, to not blindly accept the mechanics or thoughtlessly accept the mechanics, to ask a lot of questions so that they adopt the mindset and then have more success. And maybe it's a way of asking, too. It's like, I'm not asking in a form of, don't take this as resistance. It's just not clear. When I used to help with refinement, you know, if there's questions from the team, I took it personal that I didn't do a good enough job on refinement. And ego would take over, like, oh, they're just wanting me to tell them how to do it. They want me to dictate the specs to them. And in fairness to them, what I should have checked is, is it not clear? Mm -hmm. Because if you can get clarity, then you can get empowerment. But if you don't have clarity, you'll get resistance. So that was profound. That sounded that profound. Almost, we should like almost, button hook it, really. Well, I was going to say, there's, there's, our, there's our arc um, coming down. So uh, will this be just as listened to as the first one? <laughs> Only time will tell. <laughs> did we drink in the first one? I don't think we did, so this is already an improvement. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Mindset with, with mechanics. Part Gotta two. Gotta have both. <laughs>